0: and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally.
1: Matthew. Uh, Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me.
0: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello, and a huge welcome to the Gina Gardner and Friends show. And today I have Dr. Elizabeth Haywood, who's joining me. She is a non-executive director, and she is the author of an amazing novel called Lucy, which is um, about part of her family history. Um, I've known Elizabeth for a while and I know we're in for a great show and we're going to be talking about women leaders in business. So Elizabeth, real big welcome to you, thank you very much for joining me. Well thank you and it's great to talk to you again Gina. So would you like to just share a bit of your story and particularly how you came to write Lucy?
1: Well, um, they come in two different packs, really. Um, I I sort of started out in business quite late um, because I I left school um, and went to to work as a secretary and then decided later on that I wanted to do something a bit different. Um, Heaven knows where the ambition came from. But it did, so I went back to university and then started out uh, in managerial roles in in business and went from there, um, ending up as chief exec or director of the Welsh CBI, as communications director in the train operating a company's uh, trade union trade trade association, and eventually running my own uh, executive search firm Uh, so that's where I was and I'm now doing non-exec work and Lucy came from my family background as you say she was my great 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 grandmother and she had uh, an interesting and rather exciting life she was a nice girl from a wealthy family who had a runaway marriage to a plantation owner from Barbados who turned out not to be a very nice person when she went back to Barbados with him and being quite a feisty woman she ended up with a great many fights with him um, and uh, in the end left him Um, and she suffered a lot saw slavery at first hand on the plantations lost two of her children and eventually managed actually to outlive the whole of her family and she was helped back to Britain by two of the enslaved people on the plantation. It's an amazing story
0: and I thoroughly enjoyed the novel so I would very much uh, suggest to anyone's listening to this it's it's a, a great novel to read. but I want to move on to the theme of women in business um, and business leaders particularly and it's interesting because, when we spoke before, there was a parallel between Lucy um, and leadership because she certainly took the lead. But let's shift to business in the today and how the role that women are playing and the potential that they have to play a much bigger
1: role. So what's your thoughts about women business leaders? That There are too few of them is my main point. If you go back 30-odd sort of years ago, when I first started out as a manager in South Wales, in the county as it was then, South Glamorgan, there were no senior women managers, which seems absolutely amazing, but its it was the case. Yeah. And that, that was changing even when I came in, but it was fairly shocking. And even now, if you look at the highest paid jobs in the UK – only 27% of those are held by women. So just over a quarter, and we're certainly at least half the population. Um, And indeed, there are only eight female chief executives currently in the FTSE 100, so the top 100 companies in the UK. It's a bit better in the US. The numbers there have gone up from only seven in the S&P 500 uh, 20 years ago, to 74 chief executives who are women now. So it is getting better, but we've got a long way to go, and it's a very glacial pace. I'm interested
0: because I've worked with many leaders, men, women and men, and I think that one of the challenges that there are for women, well, I think there's twofold. One is that there, in many cases, there is a glass ceiling, and because they are mothers and or likely to be mothers there is that perception that you know they they can't take positions of leadership but the other that I have discovered which is absolutely as limiting as the former is the belief of women that there is a glass ceiling so they don't even attempt to get there and I wonder what your view on that was.
1: Yes, I have sort of looked quite carefully at whether this is about nature or nurture and culture. Um, and I really do not think it's about nature. If you look at where how well girls do at school these days, they tend to outperform the boys. The same is true at university. It's a generalisation, but if you look at the figures, and this yes. is across the world, this is not just the UK or the US, Um, so at university they outperform the boys at entry level in business they tend to be on a par in terms of numbers and immediately you get to the seniority levels which tend to coincide with when the women might be going off to have children yes the numbers go down and so part of the 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 problem not all of it but part of it is about the fact that there are There are more, naturally, men at the top of business. They don't see the problems that women have unless they're really confronted with them as things that they need to try and do something about. If you have women at the top of a company, you are more likely, one, that they will actually bring in more women into senior levels of management, and two, that they will introduce policies, for example, around childcare and elder care, which will help those women return to the workplace it's far far better to retain your female workers bring them back in for example after giving birth to a child than having to go back out it's very costly to go back out and recruit and retrain and hope that you are going to retain somebody else and it's getting that message across which I think is quite difficult but most of that these days tends not to be Um, deliberate discrimination it is more likely subliminal and also this is the culture element the way we were all brought up women as well as men and I'm quite happy to go into that in a bit more detail. Um, I think it's really interesting that we talk about culture and I, I you know your
0: view around how um, we're conditioned as we break, uh, we're, were brought up. You know, working with people as I do uh, as a coach and mentor and trainer, I'm very, very um, aware that conditioning has such a strong hold on Definitely. not only us as individuals, but collectively that, that that way of being
1: gets consistently reinforced. Well, let, so me, just, let me use an anecdote for you. Um, a few years ago, I think it was about three or four years ago, um, Anne Robinson, who you'll probably know, but she's a, a strong feminist and, and uh, a journalist. She she carried out a, an experiment um, in the UK with a class of seven-year-olds. Uh, it was a mixed group, girls and boys from all ethnic backgrounds. And she asked them to draw a mechanic, a surgeon and a firefighter and to give them names there were 20 kids in the room and she asked them to do this and in the next room she had their parents and they were given the same task and when they'd finished she brought in a mechanic a surgeon and a firefighter fully kitted out in in headgear headgear as well and you should have seen the children's faces as they removed their headgear and they realised that they were all three women. women and 17 of those 20 children had given their drawings, male names, and every single one of the parents had. And what is even worse is that that experiment was carried out 30 years previously with exactly the same result.
0: That saddens me that there in that. I'm not surprised, I have to say, but it saddens me that in that 30 years there had not been any change. And I think in a sense that really reflects that the differences that one sees are marginal. They're not at a core level that we see people as individuals and what that as an individual person can bring to the table, whatever their gender may be. And these days we've got multiple options in terms of the boxes you tick for gender um it ultimately one would like to think it's going to be what value does that person bring to this role i've just taken a note of the time and we're going to have to go to a short break um, but i'm really looking forward to carrying on the discussion when we come back so please don't go away we'll see you in a
1: minute last week brandon met a girl on a dating app one day after work he finally found the courage to ask her out no answer he started to panic. Was he being too pushy? Maybe it was too Hey, s-
0: Sorry, I didn't respond. I was driving. I would love to go on a date. How does tonight sound? Brandon tried to play it cool, but inside he knew.
1: A girl so smart, so responsible, she must be a keeper. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal, just like everyone else. With the swipe of
0: a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The normal maker, new from Be Normal. This
1: item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal.
0: Welcome back. I'm joined today by Dr. Elizabeth Hayward, and we're talking about women leaders in business. And just before the break, we were talking about how conditioned we are as a society to have expectations of men and women that have not really changed in 30 years. I'd really like to explore with you, Elizabeth, what do you think are the solutions? How can we shift things bearing in mind that there's been a lot going on but we don't seem to have made the fundamental change in terms of the way in which children are conditioned if the experiment you described before the break um, is to um, is to give us any sense of the reality
1: I think that's true I think there are a number of things there is the conditioning there's also legislation. Uh, which does help, but it's very slow in terms of its its result. And uh, I can I can certainly suggest a few practical tips for for what should be done. Um, let me pick up on the legislation first of all. There has, as we know, been a lot of legislation around yes. diversity, um, not just about gender diversity, but others as well. But we're I'm talking specifically about gender today, um, and. Quotas, although I don't like them, definitely do work. In the UK, we had Mervyn Davis, who came out with a report which was then um, made mandatory for the the key companies in the UK. They had to um, have 25% of their board made up of women, so non-executive directors, uh, by 2020, and they certainly achieved it. Uh, In fact, they, they reached a higher level than that. And that has now been cascaded down to the next set of companies, so down to the FTSE 350, so the top 350 companies. So that has helped. Um, In Australia, for example, they uh, changed their corporate governance rules in 2010, and that delivered a change from only 9% of women on boards then to 25% by 2016. So it can definitely help. The problem there for me, is that, I mean, feminists from the 1970s are now saying that at that sort of pace, we're going to take another hundred years to get to parity, which is not good enough. And also, we are talking about non-executive directors who are a very small band of people. We have to get the pipeline, the executive directors, Absolutely. To be women. But of course, to do that, you need very enlightened men. And you also need to get more women into the decision making role. So chief executive and chair. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to happen. So it's that kind of process. So legislation can help. It has a role to play. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Um, it, it. It works. But we need a lot of other things as well. In terms of the conditioning. One of the things for me that I really haven't been able to get my head around is if you go back to and, and I am going back so you know younger listeners won't really know about this but in the 70s when I was at school we had a careers advisor a, a woman careers advisor and I was given three choices you might well have had this one as well I'm smiling i smiling I bet you can guess what you were <laughs> go on you go ahead what were they <laughs> secretary nurse um shop assistant no teacher Oh, teacher. Okay. okay. Right. So, which are all very important roles. Yes. One, there was never any suggestion of going to university. Two, there was nothing about manufacturing apprenticeships or going into business or, I mean, you know, I could go on. So i was been given very limited choices, as no doubt were you. And yet the feminists were, you know, going around burning their bras and demanding equality, et cetera, et cetera. So it seems really crazy. And Can I just say to you on a personal note, when I applied to
0: be a deputy, a principal, a deputy head of a, of a school, um, the convers- I went to have a look round beforehand and the conversation went thus. Um, There's no point in you applying for this job because I want a man. Oh, said I. Why do you need a man? Well, we need a man to run the football team. But this is the job of the deputy head. No, no, we need a man. So I applied anyway, and I was given an interview, got to the interview and was told by the head, "Um, we're pleased to see you. But if there is a man who is your equal, doesn't need to be your better. If he is your equal, I'm just warning you that he'll get the job now. You could laugh about that in these days because it was so blatant. I was appointed, actually, and became the head of the school uh, a year later. But you have to um, to smile at we think that we've come a long way. I think so much of it has just gone underground
1: rather than it being so blatant. I, I think you're right. But I also think there is some blatant stuff still going on. I mean, uh, just an example. Do you remember Carly Fiorina from... Hewlett-Packard, yes. um, who was a, a very, is a very feisty lady, and, you know, she fought her way to the top, quite unusual. But when she first started out with Hewlett-Packard, in a senior role, she was introduced by her boss to a key client as, meet Carly, she's our token bimbo. Oh! <laughs> that was in 1982. I mean, it'd be completely illegal now. But for heaven's sakes, and what does that do to customer confidence? You know, so that's that's one thing. But if you look at the um, reports that are, are done every year now, in terms of where how boards are beginning to develop their the number of women on 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 their on them, um, it's it's quite terrifying. Some of the comments that you get. Um, we've got one already um all the good ones have already gone um and i remember when i first started out started out applying for board positions i was told well it probably wouldn't be possible because we don't have any women's toilets on the board <laughs> i mean it, it is so blatant but why do they think it's acceptable i suppose is 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 the argument and i think there you are going to get certainly at board level i think um investor uh, encouragement, shall I say, uh, as they're doing already with, for example, green policies and, and carbon neutrality, they are beginning to ask questions about diversity within companies. And that, and this is really key in terms of business, that is part of the commercial argument that business directors, male business directors will sit up and understand. If somebody's saying to them, well, no, we're not gonna invest in you because your diversity is absolutely shot to pieces. It's rubbish. They'll sit up and take notice and do something about it. So that is one of the things that we need to be doing is actually making the arguments as Mervyn Davis did when he came up with his report on commercial grounds that actually it isn't that women have smaller brains as used to be said, yeah. Or you were less productive, as is still sometimes said. Indeed, um, C- a City uh chief executive has said it's it's likely to raise your productivity in a company by six percent. Um, and McKinsey say the same thing. More diverse boards have more have a better shareholder return. And this year they said it was fifty three percent better. That is not to be sneezed at.
0: It certainly isn't. We're gonna to have to go for a short break, but when we come back, what I'd like to explore with you in the in the few minutes that we have left in this interview is, what is it that women bring to the table um, that is uh, perhaps different, or whether we look at masculine and feminine energy, which of course both genders can have. But I'd like to just explore, what is it you think that women bring? Don't go away, we'll be back in a minute. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time
1: to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Are you or a loved one struggling with addiction? Rancho Milagro Recovery is an accredited drug and alcohol addiction recovery program treating the whole person through their lifelong recovery process. Our process incorporates both medication-assisted treatment and psychological therapy to help all aspects of an individual's mind, body, and spirit. Our lavish accommodation sits on 60 acres of outdoor greatness where your privacy and discretion is our utmost concern. Find lasting recovery and walk away from addiction one step at a time. RanchoMilagroRecovery.com welcome back elizabeth
0: why do you think it's important that women are encouraged and become uh, business women leaders what is it they bring to the table
1: i think they bring an awful lot one of the things that they bring is the fact that they bring a different perspective from men in terms of consumers now a a company has customers uh, it really does need to listen to all of those customers and potential customers, or it's likely to lose out on a large portion of its sales. Yes. So that's very important. I think they have a different way of looking at the strategy of the company. Again, this is a generalisation. It doesn't happen to with, with all women. But in terms of um, a more holistic approach, possibly a slightly longer term approach than many men. Yes they tend to be incredibly resilient because they've had to fight very hard to get where they're going. So if they fall over, they dust themselves off and pick themselves up. I think on the negative side, they tend sometimes to be put on much too high a pedestal and be expected to fall. And when they do fall, there's a lot of told you so, there's no point in having them. So that, that, that can be quite negative. I think they have a different kind of language and interestingly i was i was speaking to a an mba group the other day which is mixed men and women and and the men agreed with this that we did have a different way of looking at problems and discussing them the different language we used and that that can actually be very helpful both in problem yeah. solving and in gaining trust and confidence from people so i think all of those things are really important they do often have a different way of dealing with people. Um, There is more empathy or more focus on empathy than there often is with men who are more focused on the, we've got to get this done, this is the delivery target. As I say, all of that is generalisations. I don't want to put everybody into the same box. No, no. That's what we have to look at. One of the things that I
0: find very challenging is... Um, and I've worked with a, a wide range of, of, of women in leadership. Is that sometimes they think that they've just got to behave like less hairy men in order to be successful? That was certainly um, what we used to think in the seventies and eighties. So yeah, and, and I think that legacy still exists for, for for some. When the reality is that you know using um, our our attributes as women. You've talked about empathy, you've talked about the capacity for creating lasting and meaningful relationships. And I think men are as capable of doing it, but there is a tendency that women are more aware of that and perhaps spend more time in uh, creating and engaging and maintaining those relationships. And again, we are talking in gross generalizations, but ultimately, it just seems to me that the businesses that use the attributes and the skills of both are
1: going to be stronger. It's not an either or. No, I, I think that's true. But I also think that women can sometimes be their own worst enemies. I would agree. Uh, and um, in terms of sort of practical suggestions as to what we can actually do without waiting for the legislation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, I think I'd make four. One is that we should, all of us, take one or more women under our wing and and you've got lots of experience in this and mentor them yes and be on an informal basis just
0: i I don't want to to, um to track on that but one of the things that really strikes me is how often women are unsupportive of one another yeah and i think that's just got to stop you know if somebody else is successful it doesn't diminish your success ultimately be be pleased for them and support them um but anyway, do carry on because I am very uh, conscious of time. That's
1: OK. I, I think um, I, I totally agree with you on that. I'm hoping it's improving, but I don't know. Um, one of the key points that came up um, earlier this year is that women tend to get dragged into doing all sorts of non-productive things, like um, making a coffee or agreeing to arrange the office party. And that actually, if you add all of that up, it comes to about a month of unproductive activity a year. So that's a month less productive in terms of if you're looking for promotion etc cetera, etc cetera. so we have to get much much better at saying no which we're actually very bad at yeah Back to bad conditioning at i think you've got to be a good little girl and do as you're told yeah no so you just say terribly totally sorry not part of my job description i'm not doing it um do avoid buying your daughter's toys in pink packaging did you know that 89 percent of girls toys are in pink packaging yes Hardly any of them are related to science and technology. It's dreadful. Um, instead, buy them Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, which is an absolutely brilliant book. Um, and fourthly, if you were in a position to influence succession planning, so this is really for the senior people there, chairs and chief execs, etc, please do so. Uh, work with the HR team, see how you can actually maybe change the language in job adverts, et cetera, and look favourably on, on women who do come for um, for interviews. Not have, don't, They don't want to have the sorts of problems you did when you uh, went as deputy head.
0: <laughs> I'd like to add to that, you know, women, if you're listening to this, just recognise your own worth men generally speaking are much better at selling themselves oh, yes where women tend to downplay their uh, their achievements and i think you know own it without ego. This is not about boasting, but just own who you are. And, you know, so many women suffer from imposter syndrome that they're doing a great job. And the evidence is that they're doing a great job, but they will, will minimise what they're doing in case other people think that it's not good enough.
1: Elizabeth, where can people get hold of you? Um, my email address is probably the easiest one, which is elizabeth@ at- Haywoodhain, or one word, which is H A Y W O O D H A I N.com. Thank you very much. And again, my email, Gina at genuinely hyphen you.com. Take it- just one more tiny point. How are we going to know when we've truly cracked the glass ceiling? And my yardstick is that the day we have as many mediocre women in top jobs as we currently have mediocre men, oh. we'll have made it. <laughs> uh that seems to
0: be like a great uh, a, a great measure thank you very much so just to say goodbye take care and see you on the next show bye-bye now thank you gina thanks for listening to gina gardner and friends the show that helps you live a happier more successful and fulfilling life to learn more about gina gardner go to genuinely-u.com if you would like to work with gina or book her as a speaker Email her at Gina at genuinely-u.com.